Let's recap what we covered in last week's lesson. We'd covered four Bauriya of Sunya, four verses on Manne, and we entered a new series of four Bauris with the beginning of a description of the people who had excelled in all the areas of meditation and had reached what has been described as the status of Panch. And it talked about how these people were the most supreme, Panch Parvan, Panch Pardan. They obtain honor in the divine court, Panche Pave, Darge Man. They are beautiful in the royal court and their awareness is maintained on the oneness, Pancha Kagur Ektyan. We also discovered that the word Panch itself has a different meaning, which is around five, and we looked at an alternate translation which actually talked about five from five elements, five virtues within us, five negative aspects, and looked at how that also relates to the Shabbat. Guru Nanak Dev Ji goes on to then describe that at this state, at this level, the information, the access to the universe that you have is beyond description. And the universe, even for those people, cannot be quantified, cannot be described. Yet Guru Nanak Dev Ji refers to the people who still make an attempt to describe the universe. The ones who've held centuries-old belief systems around what the universe is made of, how the planets are held up in the sky. And Guruji talks about this and tries to debunk some of these myths. <coughs> and he talks about how the natural order of the universe the divine law is what holds the earth up. And there is compassion that is necessary to follow this path of dharam. Daya. And santok, contentment needed. Guruji looks at how people have held these views for such a long time without really thinking about can there really be this mythical bull that's holding up the planet Earth and what's holding the bull up? Guruji talks about how if the bull is standing holding the Earth, what is the land that he's standing on? And who is holding that land up? Tarti hor pare hor hor tiste par tale kavanjor. So now we're beginning to go out into the universe. Guruji is now beginning to describe, not quantify the universe, but simply make people aware of the sheer scale of what we're talking about. We've already started talking about the earth and the planets. And Guruji now continues with the line Ji Jat Rangake Nav. Ji Jat Rangake Nav. Ji means beings. Jat here means types of beings. 
we know the word jath from caste. But here it's talking about categories, different variations. Ji, jath, ranga. Rang means colors. Nav means names. So Guruji is saying, just for a moment, stop and think. How many beings, how many variety of beings, how many different names of beings, how many different colors of beings can you imagine that there are just on this one planet alone? And if there are so many on just this planet, we talk about this Jorasi Luck, 8.4 million types of beings. If this planet alone holds that many different variations of species, then Guruji has already told us, Tarti Hor Pare Hor Hor. There are countless other Earths, countless other planets, solar systems, galaxies each one filled with its own set of unique animals, plant life and beings. From the smallest microorganisms to the largest beasts on the planet. And let's look at that variation even further. Think that each and every human being is completely unique. You can't even say that all humans are the same. Each and every unique individual has never been created before in history, will never be created again in the future. Each animal is unique. Each plant, each leaf is completely unique. So Guruji is beginning to show us that there is no point trying to calculate the scale of what we're talking about. And although there are countless beings of countless colors, names and variations, Guruji continues to say, don't forget Sabna Likya Vuri Kalam. All have been written with that continuous single pen. There is one pen that writes the story of all of these countless vari variations of beings. Everyone talks about the many, but very few talk about the one, the origin. And each of us have our own lives, our own unique destinies written for us, our actions, experiences, our outcomes, all have been written with one single continuous pen, Vurikalam, that means a continuous pen. Guru Nanak Dev Ji tries to get these pundits, these scholars, to realize how limited their thinking really is when they think that they can quantify the universe. Guruji wants us to put aside our thoughts and our ideas, our opinions about the universe, 
and simply sit back and enjoy the magnificence and the glory of the universe. And to understand and keep our awareness at the back of our mind that this has been written with one single pen. Guruji goes on to say, e lekha, lekha Is there anyone here who can write this story? <coughs> e lekha, this writing, this story. Lekha who can know how to write this story? Is there anyone who can accurately write a description of the entire universe? from the beginning right to the present moment, every action of every being, who can write such a thing? Every microorganism, every planet, every star that has ever existed, that's been written by that one pen, is there anyone here who can write such a thing? And even if there was such a person Guruji says, Lekha, Likya, Geta Hoi. If you were to write it down, what would that voluminous text look like? That written text, what would it be like? Guruji is making us realize that when we are within our own little universe of our own world, we don't appreciate the scale of what we're in, the magnitude of where we are, the brilliance of what is in front of us. So why waste our effort thinking about ourselves all the time? Thinking that we can accurately describe anything about the universe. Any thought like this has only one impact. It adds to our own personal fortress. It adds to our ego because we think we have some ability to do something in this universe. So Guruji is saying, for a moment, open your eyes and look around. Simply observe what there is without this mental labeling without this mental idea that you can somehow understand what you're looking at. Guruji doesn't describe the universe. Here, he simply brings it to our attention. And Guru goes on to say, Keta taan sohaleo roop. We heard this word taan before. Gave ko taan, hove kise taan. It's around the same idea. Some think of its, some sing of its great power only if they've been given the power to sing. Now Guruji says, look at the power of the whole universe. Geta taan. Wow, what a great power. Suhalio rup. Beautiful form. What is the power that creates this beauty all around us? When you observe it without your mind, simply observe, you will be astounded what is in front of you. 
you will be lost for words if you just took a moment to step out of your mind and simply observe the universe as it is. That unlimited power, that indescribable beauty, Keta Taan Sahalyo Roop. Keti Daat Jane Kaun Koot. Daat is gifts. What amazing gifts at every moment. Jane Kaun Koot. Koot here, the word means kutana, which means to estimate or to value. Who can know the value of this? Who can estimate the value of this? Keti Daat. What great gifts are coming all the time? Jane Kaun Koot. Who can know how to value this? Kita Pasao Eko Kavao. Kita created. Pasao is pasara, expanse, the sheer expanse of the universe. All of this expanse, all of this creation from one single command, <coughs> one single voice, one instruction. Eko kavao, one word. This created expanse comes from a single command. And that command is the utterance of Oankar. The universe is not something that happened in the past. The creation isn't something that happened once and now is just simply the result of what we see. When we talk about Oankar, being the voice that created the universe, it isn't something that's in the past. It's something that's happening right now. This is why Oankar has that infinite element to it. Ik Oankar. The kar is unlimited. That's why we see it in that design. That tail continues and continues. That ikwankar, that utterance that created the universe, is still singing right now. It is still going. It is always being spoken. Even now, this is onkar. This is why ikwankar is such a powerful mantra. Within it is contained the entire universe, from the one who creates and the one who is creating. But it is only one. Kita pasao eko kavao. Only that oneness has the power to do this. But when we recite ikwankar, we invoke that tidal wave of creation. That massive universal creative force. And you are part of that Onkar. You are also Onkar. 
ਕੀਤਾ ਫਸਾਓ ਇੱਕੋ ਕਵਾਓ ਐਂਡ ਵਾਟ ਡੂ ਵੀ ਸੀ ਐਸ ਦ ਰਿਜ਼ਲਟ ਆਫ ਥਿਸ ਵਨ ਵਰਡ ਤਿਸ ਤੇ ਹੋਏ ਲੱਖ ਦਰਿਆਓ ਤਿਸ ਤੇ ਫ੍ਰੋਮ ਥਿਸ ਹੋਏ ਅਕਰਸ ਲੱਖ ਹੰਡਰਡਸ ਆਫ ਥਾਊਜ਼ੈਂਡਸ ਦਰਿਆਓ ਮੀਨਸ ਰਿਵਰਸ here the word luck doesn't mean 100000 it just implies a very large number countless huge from this eko kawao tiste hoe lakh daryao from this countless rivers flow from one the many is seen many streams flow one word one divine command countless output and it continues and it continues to write this vuri kalam this pen of omkar continues infinitely across all beings across all planets across all solar systems this is happening now for a moment let's take a step back to study what the words are that are being said here why has guru nanak chosen to use the word rivers why rivers why not mountains yeah that's one way maybe the ganga which is seen as the holiest is a way to bring people's awareness that actually you're just looking at one river but look at the billions of rivers all around and i think that's a really interesting point the river never stands still it's not a lake it's not a pond it's a river it's flowing it's always heading somewhere is continuously changing there's a really famous greek poet called heraclitus about 500 bc he was famous for this one saying he said no man steps into the same river twice and the buddhists have a very similar phrase they ask the question can you step into the same river twice you step in you come back out when you step back in it's not the same river nothing that was there a moment before is there now all of it changes even the bed the river bed itself has moved on all the water has moved all the plant has moved all the fish all the beings all the creatures you can never step into the same river twice this is the river of life every moment is unique you know when you look at someone you look at them as though they're the same person they've always been but nothing is the same they're not the same you're not the same the moment's not the same gurbani has a very beautiful line 
that's a sahib mera neet nawa my master is always new at every moment he is new never the same so we hold on to issues in our life as though they've been with us for an age but at every moment ask yourself what is the issue now we like to carry the baggage of all of our past with us we like to hold on to all of those and hold on to all of our aspirations of the future at the same time don't you go anywhere past but future you need to stay with me as well i'm heading in one direction and one direction only but a river is always changing where a river was flowing in one direction in a few years time it's meandered into somewhere else and the river doesn't choose and the banks don't choose and the sea that it's going to doesn't choose it's just an unfolding nobody knows so guru is just trying to bring us to a moment of awareness that says just stop and see it for what it is stop counting stop labeling stop analyzing just see the beauty of this river sohali or roop this beautiful thing that's just happening right now there's only one way that you can do that and that's to be present now when your mind is in the past in your memories or it's in your hopes and desires of the future it misses something in the present even now you can hear the sound of omkar just as it continues this is the essence of meditation and the one listening is part of that the omkar is not separate from you you are that omkar in fact you have nothing to do with it whether you're here or not it continues you're part of it yeah so the question is is that like being asleep sleep requires the mind to go off in whatever direction this is why this is called the awakened state in sleep the mind is in control the dreams just continue to flow your body is at rest breathing continues but you aren't present you're asleep this is known as the awakened state gurbani says oh my beautiful eyes awaken jag salonariye oh beautiful one be awake it talks about in the middle of the night the enlightened ones are awake pinni renariye chamkan tare jage sant jana mere ram pyare this is the state of being awake not being asleep and although it may feel like a sleep in here in your awareness it's burning with light it's bright it's shining because you can be part of that omkar 
you are experiencing that Onkar at this very moment. You are alive, the universe is alive, and it's all becoming one. So you're more alive and more awake than you ever have been. It's the opposite of sleep. But you only know it when, you're stu- when you stop, when you're still, and you watch. You can just see that it's here, it's now, it's present. But you have to feel the presence, not with the mind. The mind will be asking, where? I can't see it. Where? What? Why? What's he talking about? But you have to feel that there is a silence, but it's present. It's alive. It's here. So Guruji is taking us from theory into experience. From logic, from rationale, we can have all the opinions we want. But when we know it, when we experience it, then who can describe it? Then you know, manne ki gat jai. Nobody can describe that experience. If you try, you will regret. Je ko kahe And Guruji is not trying to explain either. So Guru is trying to tell us to move beyond the forms. Why does he start with ji jatranga ke naam? Because that's what we do. We interact with the ji, with the jat, with the rang, with the naam. We interact with people in that way. I know this person, I don't know this person. Even if you don't like someone, their color, their name, their personality will taint your experience of other people with that color, with that name, with that personality. When we covered Satnam, we looked at this idea of how we relate to a name. If you walk to someone and they tell you their name and you know somebody else you don't like with that name, You already hate the person who you've never met before. Why? Because they have the same name. Because somebody else has already done something to you with that same name. But you project that hate onto somebody who's completely innocent. Yeah? So this is who we interact with. We interact with the names of people, with the colors of people, with their caste. We look at individuals. But Guruji is saying, step back. See the ik behind the individual. Don't see the individual. See the oneness in the individual. Yes, they're all unique. But they're all being played by the same actor. Guruji in Gurbani uses a very beautiful analogy that the world is a stage and all the characters on the stage are being played by one actor. We see the stage, we see the tamasha, the play, the show. We see the characters, nobody sees the actor. All characters, 
being played by one actor, and that includes you sitting in the audience, is also being played by that same actor. This is why Guru Gobind Singh Ji talks about his life story and describes it as the beautiful play, Bachitar Natak, because he can see it for what it is. <coughs> he doesn't say my autobiography. He says, this is just a beautiful play. I can write this play down, but don't forget, this is a Natak. Natak is something that's false, it's a play. Yeah? Drama. Yeah? It's not real. Guru Gobind Singh Ji doesn't write his autobiography like it's real. Lots of interesting events, life-threatening events, life-shaping events. We all have that play going on. But it's a play. And it's not our play. It's Sabna Likya Vuri Kalam. That one pen is writing the whole play, the whole script. It's not already written. It's being written. This also answers another question. Is my destiny pre-written? No, it's being written. Can I change my destiny? No, because you're not here. You're not writing the play. The play is just being written. It's unfolding. You're not even in the play. You're just a costume, the character. You're not the one being played. You're not the victim. You're not the success. You're not the failure. These are simply things happening to the one, by the one, for the one. And we rarely remember. So Guru Nanak Dev Ji in these beautiful words can't describe the universe he can simply just present the universe and show us to move away from our current individualistic mindset into the mindset of Onkar, of Ik. See the play as it is. Don't associate with your life. It's not your life. Don't associate with your worries, with your pains. Now this can be easier said than done. Because at every moment of pain, you put I into that. I am feeling this pain. But think about it. Our Guruji's never said or taught anything that they didn't live themselves. If we think about physical discomfort and pain, then nobody has suffered more than the fifth Guru, Guru Arjan Dev Ji. He sets the benchmark for how to live our life in pain. He demonstrates this is possible, this is real. Burning alive, being roasted on a fire. And he demonstrates to the Sikhs, he wasn't a victim there. He had to do that in order to show the world what we teach is possible, is real, and I will do it with my life, so that you may know 
that this is what you're capable of. So we need to learn to see our lives in a different way. Not as our lives, not as our problems, not as our successes or our failures. We don't even know who we are. And it comes back to one fundamental truth of every dharam, of every religion. And Sikhi is ultimately about looking within yourself and asking the question, what am I? Who am I? There's a really interesting thing about this question. If I send you away with this question, go find out, who am I? You may take months sitting, analyzing with your mind, thinking, who am I? Am I a mother? Am I a father? Am I a child? Am I a parent? Am I my career? Am I my hobbies? Who am I? You will make the mistake of going away thinking that this is a question about finding yourself. But there is a trick within this question. The who am I doesn't have an answer. The only answer that you can come back with when you know the very essence of what you are made of, the answer to who am I is I am not. When you understand that who am I is answered with I am not, this isn't me. There is no me. Me is simply a label that mind has placed on this body, on these circumstances, on this house, on this family, on these problems, on these opinions, on these clothes. Me is just a mislabeling of what it there really is. Nam Simran is a technique to train your mind to relabel that which it has mislabeled. When you say Tuhi, 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 this is you, this is you, this is you, you're simply relabeling, you're backtracking, you're going back and you're undoing the mistake of all the years that you've lived. This is why the mantra, this is you, is so important. Because you drop the duality between me calling you. This is you. This is you. The one saying is you. When you understand Gurbani then makes a lot more sense. But Gurbani will never make sense if you don't go on a journey within yourself. If Gurbani remains a text that you read and never a text that you understand and apply and search within yourself, it will always elude you. 
when gurbani says man tu jyot sarup hai apna mool pachan oh mind you are the embodiment of divine light recognize what you are recognize the root of what you are yet we don't do it we sing it we nod our heads we enjoy the music the kirtan and then we go home but the guru gave you an instruction go do it sit observe what am i who am i what is this that is alive within me what is my mind what is my body do it you have to do it if you don't do it you lose it you must go on a journey of self discovery and it's never too late to start it's not something that you need to wait for either it doesn't require you to grow your hair and it doesn't require you to stop eating things and getting up at a certain time do it at any time but do it start and then see how your life transforms don't transform your external life first without dealing with your in- internal life otherwise you just remain there you say i've done all the right things i look the part now i read all the right part the right prayers i hang out with all the right people i know all the jargon i use all the right terminology but there's one thing i'm not willing to do that's to look at myself that which is inside me that doesn't need to change that's just me right that is the bit that is the taram that's the taram that's the religion what you do on the outside is secondary guruji goes on now that he set the context guruji asks us to move from mind to experience because only experience will answer all your questions that you have about faith about dharma notice this is not about belief there's no room for belief here we don't need to believe in anything we need to see what we are when you experience then all your questions get answered otherwise you can carry on asking questions about religion am i allowed to do this am i allowed to eat this is this person allowed to marry this person all of these questions are the questions of the mind the answer isn't in the mind because if i give you an answer it brings up more questions there is only one answer and that's to look at yourself know yourself apna mool pachan recognize mool pachan hai ta sho jaane when you know the root of what you are you will know the divine being guruji starts to conclude this verse 
ਕੁਦਰਤ ਕਵਣ ਕਹਾਂ ਵਿਚਾਰ ਕੁਦਰਤ ਮੀਨਸ ਥਿਸ ਕ੍ਰੀਏਸ਼ਨ ਥਿਸ ਨੇਚਰ ਕਵਣ ਵਾਟ ਕਹਾਂ ਕੈਨ ਆਈ ਸੇ ਵਿਚਾਰ ਵਾਟ ਡਿਸਕ੍ਰਿਪਸ਼ਨ ਕੈਨ ਆਈ ਗਿਵ ਵਾਟ ਐਕਸਪਲੇਨੇਸ਼ਨ ਕੈਨ ਆਈ ਗਿਵ ਆਫ ਕ੍ਰੀਏਸ਼ਨ ਕੁਦਰਤ ਕਵਣ ਕਹਾਂ ਵਿਚਾਰ what power do i have to do this where do i start guru nanak dev ji now tries to verbalize his ecstasy his trance his euphoria at simply just watching the universe as it is and he says where do i start what do i say and remember he's talking to the ones the scholars who are sitting there trying to calculate the number of the stars and the alignment of the moon and the planets guruji says just watch see it don't analyze it see it be present and then you will be in euphoria in ecstasy and when you're in ecstasy you're in awe of creation and you can simply just say wow what can i say kudrat kavan kahan vichar varya na jaava ek var varya comes from the word varnan which means to surrender varya na jaava i cannot surrender the common translation of this line is something that we need to look at varya na jaava ek var The normal translation says I cannot be a sacrifice to you even once ekavar almost implying that I'm not even good enough to praise you I cannot even surrender to your greatness but this translation raises a very interesting question does this line with this interpretation contradict other parts of gurbani because in many places of gurbani the gurus have said i am a sacrifice to you again and again countless times here the line is suggesting or certainly our translation of this line is suggesting i cannot be a, a sacrifice to you but in other parts of gurbani guru says i am forever a sacrifice to you so something to think about There is another way to translate this line. Another way to use the same words to derive at a slightly different meaning. Varyana java ekavar. One time is not enough. Ekovari is not going to be enough for me to bow down to this. One description of you is not going to be enough. One effort is not going to be enough. I cannot be a sacrifice to you only once. That implies that I will continue to be a sacrifice to you. I am forever a sacrifice to you. Varya na jaava ek var. That my whole life is a surrender to this grandeur, to this greatness. I am insignificant on my own. My whole life is nothing compared to just a single moment of your entirety. of your eternity
There's another way to translate this line. If we take the word var and translate it to mean val, sometimes the word var can mean one hair, one single strand of hair. It brings another meaning to this shabad. The word var in Gurbani has lots of different meanings. There's some 13, 14 different meanings. We see it in asadivar, that has a different meaning. Yeah? Var, salokanal. Yeah? That's talking about compositions of poetry. But var can mean time. It can mean a moment. It can also mean a single strand of hair. Varyana java ekavar then means that I cannot even be a sacrifice to a single strand of hair of yours. If this entirety of this universe, remember, it refers to this universe as a single being. Karta purk. Purk is a being. If there is one being that is the whole universe, even a single strand of hair on that being would contain millions of universes. Varyan java ekavar. So bring it back to ourself. Look at a single strand of hair of your own. When biologists and scientists look at it, what looks tiny reveals more and more the deeper and deeper you go. Within a single strand of your own hair are countless cells and atoms. It's almost as though there is a countless universe within a single strand of your own hair. So varyana java ekavar, I can't even begin to describe a single hair on my own body. How am I going to describe the entire universe? So there's interesting ways that you can translate this line. It's, yeah, and this is why it's always interesting to combine mm. the words before and after. Varyana java ekvar jyotud pave sai palikar. So there is an element of time. Whatever you're doing, yeah. this one moment alone isn't enough. I'm forever a sacrifice. Yeah. 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 But I think it's important to realize that we can't limit Gurbani to a single translation. Remember, this is, in a way, this is philosophy. And philosophy never has one direct meaning. So Gurbani is on purpose poetic, yeah. on purpose mi mystical, yeah. open, to translation. open to translation and open to interpretation in your own life. So it's always useful to bring Gurbani back to you, making sense to you. There's another way even to look at a line that we've covered so far. Tiste hue lak dariao. Have you ever noticed that your veins are like rivers? Within your own body, there are countless rivers. Nerves look like rivers. Veins flow like rivers. So within your own body, there are countless rivers. So it's always useful to understand that Onkar and Ik is never talking about something far away. It's always something that's here with you now. It is you. Whether it's in the moment, in your present moment awareness, 
in your body, it's all you. You are as much of the universe as anything else. Varya na java ek var. Jo tud pave sai palikar. Whatever to you jo tud pave is pleasing. Sai means that pali is great. That kar, sai kar, that work is great. Whatever you do, I accept it as your greatness. Whatever is pleasing to you. Remember, nothing here deviates from what we've learned before. Give sachyara hoye, give kure tuttepal, hukam razai chalana. Go with the flow of hukam. Follow that stream wherever it may take you. And recite Jyotudpave Sai Palikar. Jyonjo Tera Hukam Tive Tyohomana. Whatever is your command, only that's going to happen. As you wish. Sit back and just enjoy the ride. And you can only do that when a problem arises, you bring yourself to the moment. This is you, not me. This is you. Accept the universe in all its glory, in all its greatness. And this is the path of Dharam. This is what Dharam is. This is what the science, the lifestyle, the practice of this path is. Be part of the flow. Go with it. Think about this river analogy. Your life is a lot easier when you go with the stream. If you try swimming against the current, against the stream, if you resist what is happening in Hukam, the stream doesn't suffer. Only you suffer. The stream continues to flow. You don't stop the stream. You don't stop the torrent. The river goes. You just choose to flow with it or to struggle against it. So this river analogy is this continuing message of hukam. Whatever you do, that's great. All is good. All is God. Everything is good because everything is the divine. Everything is great. There's no point sitting here singing about the greatness of God. Oh, oh God, you're great. Oh God, you're great. But can you just sort this out for me, please? Can you just change that for me, please? This bit of my life isn't that great. 
Of course we have problems in our life. Of course we have issues that we need to deal with. Of course there are difficulties that need to be met, challenges that need to be overcome. But every challenge is an opportunity for you to just sit back and accept the challenge. There's a beautiful analogy in the Gita. In the Bhagavad Gita, Arjun, at the beginning of the great battle, is in conversation with Krishna. The battle is made up of Arjun's army, but the opposing army has members of his family in front of him. Arjun asks Krishna this question, how do I start a battle with the people on the other side when I can see my relatives, my cousins, my brothers, my family that I've grown up with, my teacher? How can I partake in this? <clears throat> Krishna's reply is to say, you are here, they are there. Your role is to play this part and just continue what you've been placed here to do. You didn't choose this battle, but it's happening. You have to play your part. This is where you are. So the message is to surrender to the moment as it is. Be here now. Don't worry about the outcome. You're not in control. Don't worry about the events leading up to this. The past is gone, the future has yet to happen, all that there is, is the present moment. Play your part, and in this present moment, just ask yourself the question, what is my role? What am I here to do? What is my character being asked to do? Detachment. Detachment happens at the very root of who you are. No use just being detached to certain foods or certain external pleasures when you can't detach from who you are. From your notion of your own control in this whole game. Detachment is at the very root of who you are. Whatever is pleasing to the Divine, that I accept as great. No doubts, no fears, no concerns, no wavering. Guruji ends this verse as he will the next four verses. You, tu, forever, sada, salamat, steady. O formless one, the one that no one can see, the one that no one acknowledges, I acknowledge your presence is ever present. And you are steady, you are forever. Tu, sada, salamat. It is always you. This is you now. It was you yesterday and it is always you. Aad such jugad such hai bhi such nanak hosi bhi such.
this is your story that you're writing, not mine. Guruji uses very little me and me and I in this verse. He doesn't even say I accept. Because to say I accept, I still have to be here to accept your story. Jyotud Pave Sai Palikar is great. You are forever. Even to say I accept is to retain a little bit of I. At least I'm here to accept your greatness. Never challenging the I, never getting rid of the I. All that there is is you always and forever. Even all of me is you. There is nothing left of me to describe you, nothing left of me to enjoy you, to assess you. It is you enjoying yourself. Now you understand Nanak Pagta Sadavikas. Dukh Papaka Nas. Being in this state of Sunya, listening to the universe as it is, the Pagats are forever joyful, playful. All suffering, all notions of sin are destroyed. If you've ever seen an overflowing river, the destruction in its path is unforgiving. It doesn't stop for anyone or anything. When it's coming, it's coming. And hukum is just a constant unfolding river. Ever flowing, ever present, ever destroying it, ever creating it. Every moment, the old moment is gone, the old river is gone, the new one is being created. The universe is a simple, the universe is simply unfolding constantly, forever. And it is great. It is forever Onkar. The Onkar is about the creativity. For a moment it's there and then it's gone again. And even talking about it can bring you into that moment. Vichar is a meditation. This is meditation. Kirtan now takes on a whole new meaning. Kirtan isn't calling a god. Kirtan is singing the song that God is singing right now. The divine song that's happening in Omkar, that is what we do when we sing. If the story is being told, then our words are part of that story. 